spirits that comes against you. And when you recognize it, at least you know what you're dealing with. And you can put him to flight. But the interesting thing he told me, he said, when the Leviathan spirit leaves, it has like a serpent's tail. And it likes to whip. So when you see the head leaving, you see the tail back behind you whipping. So many times we, get, we conquer something. We pray over something. We have victory in something. And then all of a sudden we're hit with something else just real quick. You're thinking, wow, that knocked my faith down. That knocked me off my feet. It's the Leviathan spirit trying to trip you up again. Trust in what you know and believe in Christ. These eyes can be deceiving. That's not my sermon today. I'm excited. It's February. February is my favorite time of the month to preach, or time of the year to preach, is the month of February. This is the first day in February I've been able to preach. Most of you know we've been iced in for a couple days. I'm excited about it. I love this month. So I've been studying about love. How many loves love? How many want somebody to love you? And you want to love somebody? Well, love has taught me a lot of things. One of them is never laugh at your wife's choices because I was one of them. That's funny. It's still truth. I told a friend of mine years ago, we was going through a divorce. I said, don't you ever speak evil of your wife. He looked at me kind of funny. I said, because your children are looking for you to be the Christian in this situation. And I said, besides that, you thought she was so good to marry, to love, to have children with. Don't go back on her. Even though she may have failed, she chose you. Don't diminish your worth in your children's eyes by speaking ill of your spouse. Thank you so much. I was praying and pondering what God would have me preach. Sunday, I knew I wanted to preach on love, and I wrestled, wrestled, wrestled. Had an old Texan, Mark Graham, pastor in Oklahoma City now. And uh, Mark, he had a big Texas draw, and he said, I wrestle, wrestle. Mark, I know he's preaching today, but if he's seen that, he'd say, boy, that sounds just like me. wrestled with what God wanted me. And then finally I thought, you know, maybe God doesn't want me to talk about love today. And so I went down another avenue and God brought me back to this. Samson in the Bible. I believe he would do things different if he had a chance to change his ways. Hindsight being 2020, I believe all of us would change some things about our life. So we wouldn't go down roads that we shouldn't go down. Amen? 
I read the Bible and I see these flawed people. I think, man, God used these flawed people. It gives me hope for Drew. <laughs> he can use me if we'll just be if we'll be willing, if we'll be yielded. So we heard the word earlier. If you'll stand with me for the reading of God's word, I'm going to be in Judges chapter 14. I'm in New King James Version, Judges 14 and 1. It says, now Samson went down to Timnah. That's the Hebrew way to pronounce it. I would have said Timnah. And he saw a woman in Timnah and the daughters of the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. That sounds awfully rude. That doesn't sound right at all. Matter of fact, it, it aggravates me every time I read that. If I had one of my boys tell me that, we would have an all-out battle on their hands. Wow. Then his father and mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren or among all my people that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines. And Samson said to his father, get her for me, for she pleases me well. I want to preach for a few moments with the subject, looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> looking for love in all the wrong places. Places. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask you, Lord, to let me speak it with boldness, with the power of the Holy Ghost as my force behind me. Father, I ask you, Lord, right now, let the seed of the word go down deep and inside of each one of us. Lord, we feel your presence. I ask you, Lord, right now that the, that the deceiver will not devour the seed, Lord, but it will go down deep inside of us and flourish. I ask you to bless us today here in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. When I was walking out of the office, the Lord started dropping some things in my heart. He said, there's some things missing in the heart of men. We don't always realize what it is, but it's love that we're looking for. It manifests itself in different ways. Materialism. Relationships. Always looking for something, not realizing you're looking for love from the Father. Well, Johnny Lee sung the song, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. And I believe the writers of this song had it right when they penned these words. Listen to them. Well, I spent a lifetime looking for you. Single bars and good time lovers were never true. Playing a fool's game, hoping to win, and telling those sweet lies and losing again. I was looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love in too many faces, searching their eyes, looking for traces of what I'm dreaming of, hoping to find a friend and a lover. I bless the day I discover 
another heart looking for love. I think the words are spot on. I think they're spot on. People is looking for anything and everything to fill a God-sized void in their heart, not realizing that God already loves them and the devil's got them deceived and they're still looking for love. Hallelujah. Sometimes old songs, old country songs have a lot of truth in them. (laughs) I see this song in Samson's life. (laughs) Samson was definitely looking for love in all the wrong places. Samson was doing things that he shouldn't be doing. Samson was going places he shouldn't be going. Why? He was looking for something. He was looking for love in all the wrong places. He was looking for contentment in this life. He was looking for answers from man instead of from God. Matthew Henry said this. He that in the choice of a wife is guided only by his eye and governed by his desires must afterwards thank himself if he find a Philistine in his arms. In other words, it's your fault. (laughs) If you're governed by your eyes and your desires, don't be surprised when you end up exactly what you wish for. And then you realize, I didn't want this. I didn't expect you guys to shut me down today. In a few minutes, may have a countdown up there. We'll all get up and do a couple jumping jacks. We'll be ready to go again. Wide awake. It was against God's law to marry a Philistine. How many knows that? The Bible says the heathen, the Philistine. And I think about Samson. Here Samson is breaking a known law. He knew the law, but yet he walked away from it, turned his back on him. Lord, help us. Samson was governed by his eye and his own desires, looking for love in all the wrong places. That same spirit is still here working in and around us today. People are governed by their eye and their own desires. There are many places where people are looking for love because everybody needs love. Amen? And usually they're looking in the wrong places. Everybody needs to be loved. Everybody needs to love. One of the places where people look to find love is in dating. That's not exclusive. That's not the only place, but dating. I remember when I first met Shelly. Oh, Pastor, we have to hear about this again. Yes, you do. We were at church camp. There was a banquet one night at church camp, and I wanted to take her. That was the first date we ever went on. There's a picture from it right there. You see how old it was? We had to chisel that on a rock. We're so old. (laughs) That was our first date ever. Sure, there were 500 other kids there with us, chaperoning. 
was in a private date. I definitely had the best-looking girl there, though, and I still do. She had on a red and black dress with lacy gloves. She was a punk rocker. She said, go glitter on them. She was all suntanned. She was brown. She had brown hair, and it was spiked on the side, and the spike was painted red. She looked like she's going to the prom. I look like I'm shocked to be there. I wasn't looking bad myself. Look, I had a suit on. I had that bow tie shirt, and, and it's a red bow tie. You can't really tell up there, but it's a red bow tie. My hair was all spiked up front. This is the 80s, man. That was the look. I came rolling up not in the Corvette or Porsche that she was expecting me in. That was her other boyfriend that had that. But I come rolling up in a 1957 Golden Eagle bus with my mom and dad and siblings in tow. And band members. We had a couple different band members with us, too. That was some date right there. It was such a fantastic date that we've hardly dated since. She probably never imagined on that first date for the next 35 years she'd be going to church with me all across the country, pastoring a church in Greenbrier where God's called us. We wasn't looking for love necessarily, but God put us together. We were in the right place, I'll tell you then. Too many times we're like Samson and looking for love in all the wrong places. We look to men and women to make us happy, hoping to find love. We look for a house, a car, drugs, or a bottle to find happiness and love. Can I share something with you today? Love will never be found in a can of beer or a bottle of wine or any other liquor. It's not going to happen. There's no love in the bottom of a bottle or the emptiness of a can. Listen to this. You're saying, Pastor, why are you preaching like this today? I'm preaching what God gave me today. Sometimes you think, well, this is not for me. It is for you today. I prayed for the people to be here that would hear this today to be here today. It's for you. Proverbs 20 and 1 says, wine is a mocker. Strong drink is a brawler. And whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Isaiah 5 and 11 says, Woe to those who rise early in the morning, that they may follow intoxicating drink, who continue until night till wine inflames them. Back to Proverbs 23 and 29. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of the eyes? Those who linger long at the wine, those who got, those who go in search of mixed wine. Do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. At the last, it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. 
Your eyes will see strange things, and your heart will utter perverse things. Yes, you will be like one of those lies down in the midst of the sea, or like one who lies at the top of the mast saying, They have struck me, but I was not hurt. They have beaten me, but I did not feel it. Even shall I wake that I may seek another drink. The Bible clearly is telling us it's not in the drink. Love's not going to be found in the drink. And just, just for your knowledge, if you just wonder, is it all right to drink wine? Is it all right to drink beer? Is it all right to drink any other kind of alcohol? I'm going to say just from the scriptures I read right there, God says no. But pastor, but pastor, oh, I've got a whole sermon for this, and it's all Bible. Ain't one word of it mine. It's all Bible. Love will never be found in a career. Some are not drunk with wine, but with power, success, money, and position. Many preachers are living in the same territory. God help us. Love will never be found in a crowd. People say, I'm just going with the flow. How many has a sewer? <laughs> it goes with the flow, too. Everyone else is doing it. I just want to fit in. I want to be with the in crowd. I want to be cool. When I was a kid, Starsky and Hutch was cool. They had that red car with the white stripe. I don't even know what kind of car it was, but that is the coolest. Torino. I believe they're the first ones i ever seen to wear Nike tennis shoes. And I wanted them. I was tired of wearing my uh, uh, pack rats from Walmart. You're not old enough to remember that. That was Walmart's off-brand tennis shoe. Pack rats. Or winner's choice. I wanted to fit in. I remember back in the 70s, I wore bell bottoms. I remember the tag. It actually had an elephant on it. It was called elephant legs. The coolest. I, was cool. I wanted to have long hair. I wanted to be like the Beatles. Yeah. Not necessarily their style. I, I like their hair. I like the little bitty sunglasses, John Lennon. I, I want to be cool like he was. It's a need to have approval from other men that causes us to do things like that. <laughs> when we're not realizing our true need, we need the love of the Father reigning in our lives. They just want everybody to like them. I just want everybody to like me. Brother Jerry, I just want everybody to like me. I found out as a pastor everybody don't like me. <laughs> the people want to be accepted. They want to be accepted. Listen to this. Matthew 7, 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. That's going with the flow. That's, that's going through the wide gate. Any old religion gets you to heaven is what people like to say. I heard somebody say they were Catholic persuasion. They said, well, we pretty much believe the same thing that you do. I said, no, I don't think we do. I don't think we're agreeing on, on these things. Verse 14 says, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. 
Proverbs 14, 12 said, There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. I think about that scripture. That means there's a right way to live. There's a wrong way to live. And then there's the way that seems right. The way that fools you. The way that your heart feels, I need this, I need that. When our whole being needs God. While we're searching for love in all the wrong places, God's still waiting for us, calling to us, wanting us to come back to him. It seems if we, if we have blinders on, some are looking for love and materialism. Luke 12 said the rich fool said he would tear down his barns and build bigger, but he died never finding what he searched for. He was searching for it in the carnal realm. Love will never be found in sports or hobbies. This one hurts me. I love sports. But it will never be, never be found in sports. My team, the Arizona Cardinals, have been lousy for so many years. Decades and decades. They've moved from, from town to town, from Chicago to St. Louis, now to Phoenix, Glendale, Arizona, actually, is where they're at. I remember one year we got to the Super Bowl and we were playing the Steelers. And I thought to myself, man, if we win this, and I just, I could, I could feel the joy. I was like, if we just win this, that would be the coolest thing. We've never won a Super Bowl before. This would be awesome if we had this. And I'm a Christian still looking for love in the wrong places. I thought joy and happiness would happen when my team finally reached the pinnacle. Super Bowl champions. And they played a good game, but they lost. How many remember Howard Cosell, the agony of defeat? (laughs) That's the way I felt. Are you disappointed when your team loses? Yes. But we shouldn't be trying to find love or... Feel the emptiness inside us with sports or hobbies. Love that satisfies will never be found in a VFW lodge, a Lions club, civic organizations, country clubs, and even in church. Pastor, come on now. Yeah, I said church. Just attending church will never fulfill your need for the love that comes from the Father. You can go to church all your life and go to hell it's a decision you're going to make on your own because god didn't prepare hell for you he prepared it for satan but we go to search and what's going to make us happy what's going to give us love what's going to give make us content in our life and so we keep searching for something that he's waiting for saying i love you jeremiah 1 and 5 tells us he knew you before you were even in your mother's womb and he loved you. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. He gave his only son. Why? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. You have to have a relationship with him. You have to stop looking for love in all the wrong places. Love will never be found in just a relationship. Some believe love is found in the right man or woman. The beauty of the natural eyes is followed to a fault 
with the expectation of happiness to follow. Samson thought this, but he was still lonely. Samson didn't have a very good track record with women. The next woman he fell in love with ambushed him. They waited at the gates for him. They thought the next morning they'd get him. It was by God's providence. God, God got him out of there beforehand. I know you have to read your Bible to understand some of this today. His next love was Delilah. Who got him captured, tortured, eventually died among the Philistines. If you follow his story in the Bible, you'll find that Samson was abandoned, ambushed, apprehended, abused, and eventually died all because he was looking for love in the wrong places. Now, before somebody says, yeah, but verse 4, chapter 14 of Judges says that God used this. I agree with the Bible 100%. I know that God made use of Samson's marriage to a Philistine in order to punish the Philistine people. I see that. I know that. But that didn't excuse Samson's disobedience. God uses some things in our life even though we've disobeyed him. He does. The law of God said that there was no marriage between the Israelites and the heathen. Samson was in rebellion to the law, to his parents, to God. By marrying this Philistine woman. The reason why I bring all that out today is because it looks like us. Say amen or we're going to do jumping jacks. It looks like us. We're in rebellion against God. We don't see it like that. God, I'm just doing it my own way. God, God wants me to do it my own He wants us to do it his way. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to find love, uh, the peace and the happiness in him. How much greater would God have used Samson if he wouldn't have rebelled against God? In the same way, I'm afraid that we find ourselves rebelling in our own ways. We find ourselves in rebellion against God by trying to find love in the wrong places. We search for love in relationships, materialistic things. And activities, when the love we're searching for only comes from the Father. And don't misunderstand me. All them things, they're, they're not bad things. I, you know, I believe God wants us to have certain things. He says he'll give us the desires of our heart. I understand that. So I don't think these things are all bad. But when they come before God, can I, can I give you just a little spiritual insight real quick? Anything that gets between you and the Father is your God. The Bible calls it idolatry. Use an old Bible term, idolatry. Carden playing basketball. He's the biggest kid on the team, but he's not the best kid on the team. His talent level was uh, good, but not the best. So they stuck him behind the, down, down at the goal in the paint so he could defend down there. So he could shoot layups and score for them. And I told him this, when you're on defense, nobody should get between you and the basket. Now, I teach sports correctly, and I, said, I teach it rough. I said, it's all right. Hand check somebody. Push them out of the way. 
It's all right to hip bump them, get them out of the way. Nobody becomes between you and the goal. You're defending that goal. Let me tell you, you're defending your relationship with God. You have to keep everything out of the way. You have to push things out of the way. You have to give it a hip check and make sure nothing gets in your way between your relationship with God and you. And that includes your spouse, your baby, your family. I talked with a girl last night and told her the exact same thing. I said, when that person, doesn't matter if it's your husband, your wife, your child, when they, they're more important, I'm going to put them first before I put God first, that's your new God. You might as well bow down and worship it. That's tough preaching. I know it. But it's truth. It's truth. I told her, I said, I don't love that lady more than I love God. The moment I love her more than I love God is the moment there's idolatry in my life. There's a moment that our relationship is broken between me and God. Order is what I like to call it. There has to be order in our life. There's so much thing, so many things that are out of order in our lives. We start searching for things on our own. Well, First Corinthians 14 and 1. I want to read this to you. How do we resist the urge to do things our own way in an effort to find love and happiness? Let's just show you. First Corinthians 14 1 says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. First John 4 and 8 say, says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Hallelujah. In this love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the payment for our sins. Would you stand with me? I want you to know that God loves you more than you can imagine. God loves you more than your spouse does, your parents, your children. God loves you more than you can imagine. We've got to get that in our spirit. We've got to stop searching for happiness, stop searching for joy, stop searching for love in the wrong places and understand He's there with welcoming arms to love you, to fulfill you, to give you the happiness, the joy, the desires of your heart. He's there for you. Today, with your head bowed, no one looking around, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I preach to you today the love of the Father. And looking for love in the wrong places. Today you can find love exactly where God is. He wants to come to you today. He's already made a way. If you don't know him as your savior, as your personal savior, I ask you today that you would know him in that way. I'd ask that you would come down here, that we will pray with you. 
Hallelujah. He said he's faithful to forgive us of all of our sins. No greater love than what God has for us. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you're sick in your body, if you have problems, circumstances that you, you just need prayer with, I know we have a lot of people that are sick, and fellas, if you'll roll them names through, we're going to be praying over them. But if you have a situation you need God to intervene in, he will go places you cannot go. We can't put God in a box. He's going to go and do what he needs to do. And when we call upon his name and release him into our situations, oh, he could be rude and just walk right into our situation. But you know what? He's a gentleman. He wants to be invited into our situations. And not only that, he likes to deliver us out of our situations. We want to pray for you today. Whether it's emotional, physical, if it's financial, we want to pray for you today. And if you don't have one of these needs, you say, Pastor, everything's going good right now for me. I want you to come down and pray with the rest of these guys. Because you know what? The saints, or the, the altars are for the saints and the sinners. And we need to love each other by praying for each other. Amen? Would you come and help me pray?